So with the first area that we looked at, uh, that is practicing with the uh, guidelines and finding ways to bring those into different parts of our lives, into our individual speech, into our groups or organizations, if possible, and so forth, we, we could see how there is an interrelationship of the speech practice with other capacities. It really relates to what I was talking about originally about the Noble Eightfold Path, that this isn't simply a matter of learning isolated speech or communication techniques, right? Of how to use language in a certain way, or how to do this or that. That the approach here integrates some suggestions about speech practice with living ethically, with living with mindfulness, with living with a kind heart, compassion, and so forth. So it's all quite integrated. That's what is being suggested here. It's a, uh, really a, a way of practicing that connects with all the parts of our lives. And you can see the comments about some of the social dimensions. This is not, it's not separate, right? So it's really uh, a way of having speech practice be uh, something that can connect with all parts of our lives and with different, all dimensions of our being. So it's not a limited set of, set of techniques. Sometimes one hears communication, or I hear communication techniques as more isolated. You know, just do these communication techniques and you'll be cool. But here it's really a matter clearly that the uh, skillful speech practice is dependent on having a certain level of mindfulness, uh, an interest in opening the heart and, and living from a kind heart and so forth. The second area is similar in that way. The second area of practice, and we could say of training, is that of developing mindfulness and presence in the midst of speech. And of course, we already started to do that because the guidelines really implicitly suggest that when we are not aligned with the guidelines, that it's a good time to be mindful, see what's there. You know? And people were noticing different tendencies that presume mindfulness. Oh, I notice I have a tendency to want to speak up. Maybe some of my speaking sometimes feels more impulsive or compulsive and so forth. I notice that. I notice, oh, the, my speech, oh, there's a, I have this tendency to want to, what was your language, to help or to please sometimes, right? That there might be some tendencies of speech from my conditioning or I might, you know, conversely have tendencies to want to be in control or dominate or whatever. I might notice those, those tendencies and so mindfulness is there right from the beginning. But there's also another dimension of mindfulness in which we can actually cultivate more a sense of presence as we're speaking. And this also, I think, is closely related to our meditative training. You know, maybe like many of us, when I was first started to meditate, I was uh, a student and I was more or less just thinking all the time. Meditation uh, 
helped me to think less. I think be a better student. But there's a way in which uh, culturally we have emphasized the thought function a lot. That's probably an understatement. Right? Yeah. I think, therefore, I exist. But from what? From Descartes, from you know, about 400 years ago, right? Sets the stage for the modern world, right? And a very high development of thought, which obviously has its positive aspects. But experientially, we often find ourselves just dominated by thinking caught in thinking a large amount of the time, having our thinking be automatic all the time. We have habits often where if we, if we are not getting stimulated in our thinking, we sometimes get anxious, right? And we gotta have the radio on, we have to go to this website, we have to do this or that. Am I naming something familiar? <laughs> right. And so it's hard to be present to another person when we're thinking all the time. When we have our thinking automatic and, in a sense, dominating our consciousness. It's hard. And so, part of our training that helps us to develop more presence is a long-term training. This is, you know, challenging the way our neurons have fired for a certain number of decades doesn't happen overnight, right? Right. It's, this is longer-term training to be able to uh, be less dominated by the thinking mind. Yeah. A teacher that I've worked with from Thailand, uh, Achan Buddhadasa, he was asked his view of Western civilization, and his answer was lost in thought. It's all. It reminds me. Uh, Gandhi was once asked the same question. What do you think of Western civilization? His answer was, it would be a good idea. <laughs> so, um, and so, um, a big part of our training is to cultivate the mindfulness, uh, kind of different dimensions to it. Our mindfulness practice can develop our uh, capacity to have more awareness and not be so dominated by thinking. That's certainly what I experienced in starting mindfulness practice, that I, you know, I learned how much I was thinking all the time, which if you had asked me, I wouldn't have probably thought that or said that. And uh, it, it gave the potential to be more with my senses, maybe to be more with my heart. You know, I learned, oh, I can be at a sunset and not be thinking all the time, or not be saying, oh, what a wonderful sunset, let's take a picture, right? And I could actually be there for that experience more, you know? And of course, you know, one can do that in different ways, but the mindfulness training is a very good training that helps us not to be so dominated by thinking, to open up our senses, and, you know, as the phrase goes, to come back to our senses, right? And for many of us, it can also help open up the heart, help, help open up awareness of the body. So that thinking is there. I find that I think maybe 10 to 20 percent of the amount that I used to think. And I think it's better quality. Right? 
And I don't need that other 80 or 90 percent of the thinking, right? And, you know, and part of our training is to also have the capacity to be present in the body, to be open, to be present in the heart. And actually our thinking can actually change, so we're, we're actually, our thinking can sometimes be more intuitive, more connected with the heart, less cut off and so forth, less automatic. So this is, this is uh, part of what we develop in, and, and as I'm saying all this, you know that this is longer term, right? We have to keep developing in that, and it's a reason to have a regular meditation practice, it's a, it's a reason to have ways of connecting with the heart and the body. You know, and to, you know, could be yoga or qigong, or ways that we actually develop the capacity to be present to the body. And I know for me that's, that ta that's taken training. You know, and I've, I've done periods of time where I just focused in my meditative training on being present to the whole body. And developing the capacity to be in the heart and to be embodied is very significant for the capacity to be present in our speech. And I think that this is not necessarily a beginning practice, this capacity to be present with our speech. I want to name that. And that um, I think there's a sequence of practice and training which can really go in this direction. But it's not something which happens overnight. You know? And even if we've been practicing five years or ten years, with mindfulness, sometimes that access to the heart or the body isn't, is not always so easy as well, right? So this is longer term. Some will have more intensity of interest to develop that, and maybe it can happen more quickly. Many of us, how many of you have a regular body practice? A regular way that you're mindful and aware of the body? It's valuable to have. How many of you have some ways that you're regularly in your heart? Maybe a loving-kindness practice, or it could be others. Yeah, it's very, very helpful to do that on a regular basis. You know, and this will all impact our speech. So you see, I'm giving you like a, a full curriculum, right? <laughs> this wasn't like, come here, get some insights, develop some practices, tomorrow it's all in place, right? So um, I hope that's okay. I think I'm being realistic. On the other hand, for me, it's a very inspiring vision, right? It in, it's inspiring to really develop in these ways and have our speech really manifest these, these qualities. I hope that's inspiring for you. Um, so this capacity to develop presence is something that in the long run takes some training. And I'm going to be presenting a very simple way to cultivate that. And when I teach the retreats on mindful communication, I bring in a little more advanced practices, which actually uh, one of the advanced practices has the capacity, develops the capacity to be present in when one's speaking, present in one's body and to one's own experience, empathically present with another, and then also aware of the larger space that holds you. That's not a beginning practice. Okay? But I wanted to give you a sense of that's a horizon where one can actually, there are practices to develop that which can be quite beautiful, and um, one can really live in a, almost like a different way, from different, in a different place. So we'll do a simple practice here that essentially develops the capacity, which I think is important, to be both present internally to some extent, 
and present externally. That's the basic training. Can I be both present internally and also present externally? And if we have that capacity, you can see some of what the advantages would be. If I can be present internally, I have the capacity to notice when I'm reactive and not necessarily act on it when I am, right? To track myself, to track, oh, that really triggered me. That's valuable information, right? Because often we might just be automatic. I get triggered, I react, right? And again, we would train for this in simple, non-complex, relatively low levels of difficulty. That's where we would train. So we'll do it here, and you could train with where there's not too much challenge. You could do this, you know, you could do this right now. Can you develop some sense of inner presence? It could just be be lightly aware of your body as you're listening to me. So basically, so we're not 100% with the automatic mind, right? Can I just develop some presence right now? It could be feeling your hands together being aware of your body a little bit as you also listen at the same time. Everyone, it's not so hard to do, right? You can do that some, right? You can have some inner presence. What that does, again, is it, it, it makes us not be on automatic because we almost like we have two reference points. We have some awareness and then we're also listening at the same time. So you could practice this capacity like in meetings where you don't have to speak too much. You know, you could just say, let me be 20% aware of my hands or my body and 80% aware of the meeting. You know, or if you can, 50-50, right? You'll notice that 50% of the time is perfectly adequate to deal with it. It'll feel awkward at first. It is a little bit like riding the training wheels on a bicycle and it'll feel awkward at first to divide your intention. There can be a sense, oh, I'm not being spontaneous, right? And it won't feel that spontaneous. You can get in the habit of doing that. As I'm speaking now, I'm intending to be aware of my body as I speak. And I've done it enough so that I can not know what I'm going to say, but have some trust that the words coming out will make some sense. <laughs> We'll do a little bit of experiment with this, but this is, this is a second whole area of practice, that is to have more presence, more mindfulness as we're listening and speaking. It's easier to do with listening. And so those can be some places where you practice. You can do it now, you can do it again at a meeting. For advanced practice, you can watch the news and stay <laughs> present to your body and your heart. Just do it for short moments to start. And there may be better ways to train, but, uh, but you can, but, but uh, a little bit of a joke, but um, find, you can find ways to practice. You could practice with a partner, you know? I mean, I could see, you know, we, we do this mindfulness practice. Many of us do it every morning, right? I could see 15 minutes of speech practice done as a warm up for the day, right? Can you see that? It would make sense, right? Do it with, you know, do it with uh, someone who's in your house or your home. Um, and it can, it can help a lot. So this is, again, an area we need to train in. So the idea 
is that of some internal presence, and you can vary the proportion according to the situation. Here I'm going to suggest trying it 50-50. Can I have some inner presence and also listen to another person? Okay, so we'll do, a, we'll do an exercise uh, just in a moment, but any questions about that basic idea of having some presence as we're also engaging? And again, this goes beyond speech. This means, can I keep some inner presence as I'm active in the world, so I'm not just on automatic? Okay, okay, so as before, we'll do an exercise. We'll do it with uh, one person. And uh, let me give you the instructions first, and then we'll do the practice. This will be again a practice where we have some content, but we also pay attention to the process. And the process will be, can I stay present to myself and also listen to the other person, or can I be present and speak? A little harder, or actually quite a bit harder, to speak and have presence. And it's fine in speaking, just to have a little bit of presence, like just feel my hands. Not my hands, but your hands. <laughs> And can I, uh, can I be present to my hands and also speak? And so you can slow down. One of the valuable ways of being more present is to bring the practice of pausing into your, into your speaking. Someone mentioned that, I think, earlier. Can I pause at times and come back to yourself? That's valuable. And so I'll work into the exercise one or two pauses, okay? That's something really to practice. Again, I'm giving you a, a sizable curriculum, but this is something that if you have another component where you work with this, you could also say, for this week, let me bring pausing and do that for a week so you kind of internalize that. Because the pausing makes a difference, right? So we're just not continually um, doing things. Okay, so the process will be some internal awareness and then listening or speaking. We can be, again, if you're listening, I'm going to suggest 50-50. If you're speaking, I'll suggest at least 10 or 20%, just a little bit of awareness of the body. Okay, and again, you could see that in the long run, we would integrate this with the guidelines. So we're, again, doing different components that we would, in the long run, we would want to integrate them. Okay, the content will be to name something that's challenging for you. Talk about something that's challenging for you in your speech practice. So just why don't you reflect on where you might go with that. What are some of the challenges of my speech practice? You can take some notes or just think about it for yourself. And you can really, you know, if you want to, when you, again, we're going to have something like two, two minutes, a little bit more to, to each to speak. 
If you want to go into just how you'd like to develop further and bring some of what you were talking about earlier, that's fine. The content is, uh, you know, the main training is with the process, less than the content, but it's helpful also to, to, to bring about some reflection of these areas. Does anyone need more time for reflection? Okay, why don't you find another partner? So we'll have some, uh, unless you have a very good reason to do it with the partner, some of you may have actually come with a partner, I think that's okay, but consider doing it with someone else to get a sense of different, different styles. Does anyone raise your hand if you need a partner? Raise your hand. Okay, raise your hand if you need a partner. Uh, okay, you need one. And anyone else? Uh -huh. So we went from an even number to an odd number, either by addition or subtraction. I don't know. Um, let's see. Why don't you? Why don't you just be with the group of, of two, well, four, you'll be in a group of three, okay? And you'll have to, uh, can you time yourself just to maybe just do about, uh, do about a minute and a half each, okay? And uh, I think hopefully, does anyone have a, a watch? You can work that out, okay? Very good. And so the instructions will be similar to what we did before. It's to have one person speaking, so decide among you who will go first. Okay. And we'll do the same process that we did before. We'll have one segment where one person speaks, the other person listens. A second segment where the, uh, the original speaker becomes listener, original listener becomes speaker. And then a third segment, which will be a more informal, just and no, you know, just talking as you may, no order of speaking, etc. Just more informal talking together. Okay? And the um, content will be what we just reflected on, that is, uh, Maybe some areas that are challenging for me for speech practice, and, you, and really, you can, if you if you want to go to what you first talked about, that's fine. You know, we don't want to have a we want to just have the the content not be something that's too hard to get to. And then for the process, it will be for the speaker to have some sense of inner presence. It could be just a little bit of body awareness. If you can try 50-50, that's great. But I'm just inviting maybe. 10 or 20%, just to stay present a little bit. For the listener, you don't have to say anything. Try to stay 50% aware internally. You might notice your body, you might notice your thoughts that come by, you might notice, oh, that's a really idea. Or you might notice, as this person is saying these important details of this person's life, oh, what's for lunch? <laughs> you may notice yourself saying that. Uh, and you don't have to, there will be no confessionals after this. Uh, but you may just notice that and just track that and then just come back, right? 
just happens all the time, but just to notice what's happening internally. Okay? Any questions about the instructions? And as before, I'll, I'll time it. We'll, we'll again start with intention. I'll time it. I'll let you know when about 15 seconds to go is. And if you could, you'll have to time yourself so that each, the main thing is for each of you to have a sense of, the main training is with the inner presence and the listening or the speaking. So you'll have a chance to do that all the time anyway. Okay. Okay. So set your intention, whatever role you're in. over two minutes. About 15 seconds. <laughs> so finishing up, and I think the group of three, you can come back and start when we start again. Thank your partner, whatever way you'd like. And now we switch roles, okay? So 
Let's uh, go back into silence now. We'll switch roles. Listener becomes speaker, speaker becomes listener. And we'll again uh, set intentions for your role, for the speaker to have some sense of inner presence. If you can, have 50%, but if it's just a little bit minimal, that's okay. The content is talking about the challenges. For the listener, see if you can have 50% inner awareness as you also listen. Okay, so let's set the intention and I'll ring the bell to start in about 15 seconds. About 15 seconds more. So thank your partner again in whatever way you'd like. as we did before, we'll have about three minutes just to talk about how that was. You know, how was it to have some inner awareness and outer awareness at the same time? Was it easier with the listening? Did it feel a little awkward or weird? Um, did it feel great? <laughs> uh, just to go where you like. And this time I'm going to bring in the practice of the pause, okay? We're going to, I'll do one or two pauses. We'll have three minutes. And again, this is informal. Uh, you know, can, whoever wants to speak first can speak and you just go from there, you know, just talking as you will. And, and 
You know what the next thing I'm going to say is? Keep inner awareness as you talk, okay? So this will be the challenge of bringing this into something informal. We're just going to do it for three minutes. So that'll be the, the challenge. Okay, so it's pretty much doing the same thing that we've done, except you're talking informally. And so concretely, if you can just have that 20 or 30 percent, that's enough. You can try for 50 percent and really slow it down and, and give some attention inward. And again, it, it's, it's okay if it feels a little bit awkward because it's like we're learning a new skill in a way. So it's, it can feel awkward and just, just keep going uh, with that. So, any questions before we before we start? Okay, so it'll be about three minutes. I'll do one or two pauses. I'll ring. I'll just say. I'll maybe I'll say. Uh, I'll ring the bell and say, "Let's take a uh, ten seconds pause." Maybe I'll do that once. Okay, just to see how that is, because I want to really encourage the technique of taking a pause as something you might integrate in your in your speaking. Okay, so let's set intentions right now, and I'll ring the bell to start in about 15 seconds. yourself.
about 15 seconds. partner whatever way you'd like and let's come back to the whole group Yeah, just, just how, how that exercise was for you. Anything that you observed, mm -hmm. question, anything? Yeah. So I felt that the exercise of keeping our awareness suggested to me, and I like the suggestion about keeping awareness of my feet. Yeah. I just got on the earth and that grounding. So right. Kind of, I came from a, a whole a whole center, and then also dropping into just in my heart, just sort of dropping there and being aware of that. Um, oh. Was very, very helpful too. Yeah. So, so being. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the connection just with the ground and your feet seemed to let more of you be there. Right? More be there, more with the heart, and your thoughts were maybe what more careful. Yeah, it's remarkable. How many can relate to that? Yeah. Thanks. Um, please, yeah. It looks like I'm in the minority on this one, but I was really struggling with the idea of putting 50% of my attention on in myself uh, listening. Yeah. Because I really try to be a good listener, an active listener, a fully engaged listener. It just yeah. felt really difficult for me. I didn't have any trouble uh, doing that while speaking, but while listening, I just couldn't seem to reconcile 
you know, yeah, so it's partly not so much that you couldn't do it, but you wondered, why should I do it? Yeah? <laughs> or what is this? Am I being selfish? Should I give 100% to my listening, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, first of all, take this first, just try it as training and see what it's like. Um, some of the rationale may, probably made some sense. The fact, and it may not be necessarily 50-50, but, but actually it's like, can I stay home so that I notice my own reactions? And so I come more from being present. Because of course, uh, often when we're with others, we're not necessarily listening, we're wrapped up in our own thoughts, right? And that, that happens sometimes. Uh, but the, the, uh, my experience is that the quality of listening, actually there's something actually happening that I, I can actually listen with more parts of myself. Again, it's going to be different individually, but I can listen if I'm actually in my body and in my heart, I listen in a different way than if I'm just connecting more mentally. So it has that effect, I think, as well. Does that make some sense? Yeah, so that if I'm actually in my heart, I might be bringing my body, my heart, my thinking to the listening process more and still feel like I'm very full with the listening. My, my experience is I can be present and still listen quite fully, or fully enough. Yeah. So, but I think it's a good question because it's really more like the, you know, am I being selfish or am I, you know, what's the point, right? Yeah. Does that, that help a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Experiment with it, yeah. And if you experiment with it and decide, no. I'll try the 100% from now on, that's, that's okay. <laughs> but just also notice what that's like, right? Because my, my suggestion would be that if you really study the 100% carefully, you'll notice that you're not necessarily tracking your own reactions, and that you may not be bringing all the parts of yourself. So look into that as well. Yeah. Um, please, uh, Audrey. A helpful question, really. I'm glad you brought that up. I found this exercise really revealing yeah. um, and actually kind of exciting, yeah. especially around the sitting 50% and listening. Yeah. Um, while I was doing that, I realized that internally I was just thinking 50%, yeah. and then being able to actually be in touch with my body, I yeah. found the experience to be such a relief. Yeah. Um, I was really amazed, actually, at the relief of turning off the head yeah. and being present in the body. It was really That's interesting, unexpected. Yeah. Can so, be some ease, even some equanimity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my primary goal. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. How many, how many can relate to what Audrey was sharing? That you felt some some sense of ease, some, maybe some lessening of thinking, and that that felt there was some ease there. Yeah. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, maybe maybe one last one, then we'll get ready for for lunch. I'll share something that was somewhat on the opposite side of the reaction. When yeah. I was um, speaking and trying to be aware of my body, I was. Um, much more aware of being shy 
than yeah. I usually am. I think it was partially that when you tap into your body, you see all the physical reactions that yeah. you might be having. And so I was like, oh, that's sort of unpleasant, actually, or somewhat awkward. And I was yeah. thinking about the, the word self-conscious. Yeah. And I, because I felt more self-conscious, conscious of self is what I yeah. was feeling. Yeah, like. more, more self-conscious in the exercise, because it's sort of, you know, some of us may gladly engage in speaking and not pay any attention here, because to pay attention here kind of, kind of can trigger self-consciousness. Right? So how many can relate to that? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And, and again, be aware that in the training for this, it, one can have uh, awkward feelings like that, or it can feel a little bit strange or weird, right? I don't know if weird's the word, but it can feel a little bit uh, artificial. And like, oh, I just used to speak so spontaneously, and now I'm, And I, I want to suggest that that's part of the training, and that as you get used to it, it's like anything you get, you need a transition time to get used to it. And after you get used to it, it can feel more, um, more quote-unquote normal. But, but that being said, um, yeah, so just to know that something like a little more self-consciousness would be kind of, Part of the process, and it's not like it's not like that. You're going to continually stay like that, you know. And if you use this method, you'll for the rest of your life be self-conscious all the time when you're speaking. It's, it's more like a transitional artifact of the training. Okay, thanks. Okay, so <coughs> so we again we've uh, completed a second area here. Again, and some of you may be drawn to develop this, and some of you may say, well, I'll stick with the guidelines, <laughs> or I'll do both. But again, the suggestion is to really probably not try all at once, but do, you know, again, you can do uh, one of the, the first area, could do that for a significant period of time, could do it for a month, could, and could uh, uh, develop this as well at other times. Uh, again, I'll, I'll say more about that towards the end of the day. Um, suggestions for lunch, not about what to eat, but about how to use the time. <laughs> so first of all, uh, I think how many of you need to go out for lunch? Okay. Uh, we'll, take, we'll take an hour, so we'll come back at 1.40. Is there someone who has responsibility for ringing the bell to let us know? Okay, so if you can ring it at 1.30, when you hear the bell, it will mean 10 minutes before we start in here. You're welcome to, some of you may, you know, not need a full hour. You can uh, meditate, you can take a nap, and it's fine to take a nap in here, if that's, if that's easy, not so easy, but you can use a cushion, and however it works for you. And during the actual lunch time, see where you're drawn in terms of uh, some combination of sitting silently. We've had a fair amount of interaction. It may be helpful for you to sit silently for a while. On the other hand, you could also practice some of what we've been developing, right? You could say, let me use the lunchtime, and you could agree with someone you're talking to, or a group of two or three or four. Uh, let's practice uh, the guidelines, or let's practice inner and outer awareness. And you could have an agreement, and you could do it, and you could compare notes. You could do, you know, a, a more informal version of what we just did, and try it out in real life situation. The nice thing about a training day is the main emphasis is on actually the training and the process, 
and less in how the communication is going. Right? We, we can, you know, we have permission here, if you're doing the practice and having lunch and talking with someone, you have permission to have the conversation kind of break down at times. <laughs> <laughs> or to be not as fluid and to feel okay with that. So it's mostly just remembering the emphasis is more on the training of working with some of what has been presented with the resources of the guidelines and working with those or the being present, okay? And if you, you might choose to spend half the time more silent, you may choose maybe I'll do some interactive work, then I'll take a walk or have some silent time and just do what you see uh, makes sense. But it is fine to, it, what's, I guess we can't even hear, can we, right? Is that right? Mm -hmm. I checked with Romy. She said we can eat in this room and drink in this room. Oh, you can eat in here? Yes. Oh, very good. Uh, just, just be careful with the floors. But um, So, yeah, you can just really use the time as you see fit. How many of you are kind of feeling like you might want to try out some of the speaking practice? Yeah. Huh? Speaking practically, some, you can also, if you feel like in a lot of talking, let's have some silence. You can be silent, have your lunch, and then maybe the second half you could do speaking. How many feel like a combination of some silence and some speaking would be the best? Okay. How many would just like silence? <laughs> okay, that's fine. Okay, so just uh, permission to do all of these. And, yeah, do you have a question? Yeah. Um Oh yeah, that's great. Um, how many would like to engage in a conversation of using this at work? Okay, and why don't you name a time and a place? Do you want to do that right away, or at one o'clock, or, or halfway through? What's your what's your call? Sure, about one fifteen. One fifteen. How about right in the back? Okay, or maybe maybe to let it be. Maybe out in the corridor, okay? Okay, outside, uh, 115 discussion on applying this to work situations, okay? Anyone else have a topic you wanna suggest? Okay, we'll see you at uh, uh, 140. We'll start again with a short sitting. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.